from the banks of the Yiga River to the mountains of Boshem, beside homestead hearths, around travelers' campfires, on the streets of cities great and small, her stories are told. Destroyer of demons, swindler of spirits, former prefect of the celestial city, 10,000 voices telling 10,000 tales. Hear them now as they tell the tales of Frost Cricket. Frost Cricket and the Devouring Flame. I was told that once, Frost Cricket was nothing more than a humble prefect of the Celestial City. But when Wanderlust whispered her name, she gathered up her brass rod, cloak, and iron-shod boots, and wandered the world. Frost Cricket wandered many roads, and she did not care where they took her. One day, she came to a branching path, one with well-kept stones and mortar, the other a dirt track into a forest. Having grown tired of walking on even stones, Frost Cricket chose the dirt track. Her brass rod was soon making divots in the dirt, which was coarse and loamy. The trees grew tall and thick around the path, their roots sneaking across to trip her here and there. Frost Cricket did not mind. She liked the challenge. But the former prefect grew nervous as the tree branches choked the sunlight between them, and the path grew smaller and wilder. As night fell, Frost Cricket made a prayer of protection. She knew this was an old road, one that was never subject to the laws of the divine bureaucracy. The ancient codes of conduct were not recognized in this place. She could not stop along this road, even if she wanted to. Between the trees, Frost Cricket thought she spied shapes moving. These were most likely the old kind, beings of chaos from before the lawgivers spoke. The old kind were primeval and honest in their immorality. Frost Cricket knew they would not like her wandering their roads. Her feet began to feel as heavy as bricks, and a relentless pain crept up her legs. To stay the course, Frost Cricket sang a song of her youth. Oh, brothers and sisters, come carry me away From the hours and seasons and the color of pain Great mothers and fathers who gave us the law Deliver me once more from my own selfish heart The song comforted her for a while, but that comfort turned to ashes when Frost Cricket heard another voice singing along. She looked beside her, and there he was, a young man, wickedly beautiful, with full lips and perfect teeth. His voice matched Frost Cricket's rhythm and harmonized with her tone. When Frost Cricket stopped singing, he laughed. <laughs> a good song, Grandmother Walker, he said, in a voice that may not have been his own. An old song, Frost Cricket replied. 
One, a boy as young as yourself, should not know. The young man smiled, and out of the corners of his mouth, something flickered. Frost Cricket knew then that this was not a youth, but one of the pre-dead, also called the Flame of the Formless. They were the oldest of the old kind, and the most mercurial. They could not form bodies, only an amaranthine flame, smokeless and cold. That flame could, however, possess a sleeping person, or a corpse, eventually devouring it to feed the flame's unending hunger. Worst of all, they hated mortals, especially those who kept the law. Frost Cricket knew she would have to be careful. Even milk and salt would not keep this creature at bay. Old things are wonderful. Don't you think? Said the imposter boy. They have a weight and grace to them. His brazen eyes, constantly scanning her, were ripe plums, with pupil pits black and putrid. Old things stink, Frost Cricket said, of dust and urine and moss. How else would you have caught my scent? The unboy laugh. <laughs> a laugh like crystals falling on top of one. Um now, Grandmother Dust. You must not be so hard on yourself. It's marvelous that your august frame has walked so deep into these woods. It can walk out the other side, too, Frost Cricket said, sharpening her pace. Instantly, the mocking flame matched it. There's no need, Grandmother Grit, said the youth, who was not a youth. Your feet must be aching. Let me build you a fire for you to rest beside. Frost Cricket knew he was trying to get her guard down. To sleep, to yawn, or to share a meal with him. Then the flame would fly out of his mouth and into hers. She knew that to fight the pre-dead was impossible, for they could not be ended by violence. Nor could she outrun something that never tires. So she must outwit him. But how? I would prefer to rest my aching feet at a hosting hall, said Frost Cricket. An old woman like me cares not for sleeping on the ground. Lucky for you, I have a bedroll, the strange-voiced thing chimed. There was, of course, a bedroll on his pack. I would give it up to my elder, without hesitation. The imposter youth's face now radiated a dim violet light, which only made his mien more fearsome. Frost Cricket looked ahead to the road. It twisted and turned for leagues, and she saw no end in sight. Even if she did find the end, there was no guarantee the formless flame would leave her alone. She racked her brain for a plan. Is something the matter, Grandmother Scrutiny? The false boy asked. No, not at all. What is your name? Frost Cricket asked. She knew that courtesies were still important to the old kind. 
they could not resist pomp and prestige. I have been called many names, Grandmother Curious. I could tell you them while we set up camp for the night. The unboy insisted. A lick of cold purple flame gouted from the side of his plump lips. It left a searing trace on his cheek, marring its perfection. You could tell me as we walk, Frost Cricket said. A welcome distraction from my tired joints. My destination isn't much further. The imposter youth grasped her firmly by the elbow. His grip was cold and churning, and Frost Cricket saw that beneath his skin roiled that hideous flame. Grandmother Perseverance, he said, I must insist that you rest. If you go on, you'll collapse, and I'll have to carry you. That would be terribly embarrassing. Frost Cricket's brass rod flashed, and she gave the youth a hard strike across the knuckles. He did not cry out, but he let her go. There is no one around to view my shame, and a gentleman such as yourself would never breathe a word of this to anyone, would you? When I collapse, you may carry me. The unyouth stood there for a moment, the formless flame inside him roiling and bubbling. He reached out his arms, and Frost Cricket steeled herself for an attack. But instead, the youth burst into flame. The cold violet fire spread quickly across his form, hungrily devouring his beauty. Look at what you've done, you hag! The formless flame growled. Now there's nothing left to eat! Already his skin had flaked off like bread crust, and his flesh was desiccating in the plum-colored light. Frost Cricket realized that once the flame eradicated the body, there would be nothing left to tether it. She said nothing, but extended her brass rod and tapped the youth's ever-blackening skeleton. It crumbled into a pile of ash, save for the skull, still screaming and burning in a fit of rage. You will pay for this, you old skin thing! The devouring flame cried. I will tell every one of my kin to slay you on sight. And what will you say when they ask for a name? Frost Cricket called over her shoulder as she scampered down the old dirt road. The formless flame yelled curses at her until she was out of earshot. And thus, Frost Cricket defeated the devouring flame, entirely without meaning to. She would spend two more nights walking the old road. But that is a story for another day. The Devouring Flame was voiced by Hugh Henderson. To see more of his work, please visit blueskiescomic.com. Frost Cricket was voiced by Sarah Krush. You can see more of her work at sarahvfx.com. Our cover art was drawn by Matthew K. Hoddy. To see more from him, check out patreon.com slash mkhoddy. Tales of Frost Cricket is written, narrated, and produced by Joseph Stilwell. To see more of Joe's work, follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Animistic Engine. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. 
Joe is always happy to collaborate with other creators on new ideas and formats for Tales of Frost Cricket. If you're interested, email animisticengine at gmail.com. You can support the show financially by giving Joe a tip via Ko-Fi. Think of it as buying him a drink in exchange for telling this tale. Visit ko-fi.com slash animisticengine and donate. Are you a new DM? Are you an experienced DM? Doesn't matter. Listen to DMs of Vancouver for great DMing advice. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.